This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Lisa Brady. Longtime California Congressman Kevin McCarthy is leaving Congress this month, announcing in a video post in Wall Street Journal op-ed that he won't finish his ninth term less than two months after the historic House vote to oust him as Speaker. That motion to vacate was supported by Democrats, but led by eight of his fellow Republicans, who took issue with his handling of spending disputes and ended up with more infighting to replace him. It took three weeks, ultimately leaving Steve Scalise, Jim Jordan and Tom Emmer by the wayside and Mike Johnson emerging as House Speaker. McCarthy says he did the right thing, remains an optimist and that the Republican Party is expanding, also pledging to keep recruiting the best and brightest to run for office. The House majority, though, is shrinking, and more broadly, there are multiple resignations and retirements in progress. So we spoke to Trey Gowdy, former South Carolina congressman, host of the Trey Gowdy podcast and host of Sunday Night in America on Fox News Channel, for his take on what message McCarthy's early exit may be sending to Washington. We made some edits for time and thought you might like to hear the whole thing. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the weekday Fox News Rundown podcast. Now here's Trey Gowdy on the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm first wondering, are you surprised by this McCarthy announcement? I am not. I, I talked to Kevin on a regular basis. Talked to him this morning, actually. Not, not at all surprised. It is really, really hard uh, to go from being the leader of any entity, organization, uh, to being still within the organization and not being the leader. And whether that's the U.S. attorney um, being you know, replaces the U.S. attorney, but yet deciding to stay on as a federal prosecutor is almost unheard of. So you're the Speaker of the House, uh, third in line of the presidency. You make lots and lots of decisions. And then you wake up on what? I guess October the 4th, wake up maybe on the morning of the 5th and you're no longer the Speaker. Not at all surprised. Kevin's been in Washington for a long, long time. And and all that goes with that. And, and when I say Washington, I don't mean he lives in Maryland or Northern Virginia and just kind of walks to work. He commutes across the country at the expense of his wife, Judy, uh, his two children, his mother, Bert. So not at all surprised. There's a difference, though, between, you know, maybe leaving at the end of your term and resigning this month. I mean, why not serve out? the remainder of his term, especially after such, you know, a long time serving as a congressman. No doubt. No doubt. I, I finished out my term. I have friends that friends that did not. You know, Jason Chaffetz left before the end of his term. Um, I chose to finish mine out. I think it's a little different when you're the when you're the Speaker of the House or the former Speaker. You can wittingly or unwittingly uh, be seen as a distraction. Um, it, everything that Speaker Mike Johnson does will be uh, run either on the record or off the record, quite frankly, by Kevin. Um, he, for whatever reason, and I, and I, I swear to you, I'm, 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 a, I'm a pretty good student of human nature. So it's not like I'm naive about about what I'm about to say. How you can have personal animus towards Kevin McCarthy, I find baffling. I worked with him for eight years. I've been around lots of people that that it's not baffling why you would have personal animus towards them, but but not him. It, it, it's 
you're welcome to disagree with him. You're welcome to vote against him for speaker. But this small group that has just this vitriolic personal animus towards him, it wouldn't be a fun work environment. Uh, I'm sure that Kevin labored over it because it makes the it makes the majority all the more narrow. Bill Johnson's leaving. Uh, you've got, I mean, you don't know who's going to get sick, who's not going to be able to come to work. I mean, it wasn't like they were thriving when they had a five or six person majority. I mean, that was a train wreck. And now they're down to two or three. I'm sure he thought about it. Uh, but But he concluded that, his district would be better served by someone else, you know, I guess winning in what March, whenever the whenever the primary is to fill out his seat. With a shrinking majority, this could force Republicans to work more with Democrats to get anything passed. Is that good or bad for the Republican Party? Uh, it won't happen. So um, I, I love hypotheticals and I will answer it if you want me to, but it won't happen. So they're not going to look, they they got rid of Kevin. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I remember what the, you know, the, the given reasons were. He worked with Democrats to keep government open. But, I mean, that's why they got rid of him. Right. That's the bottom Mike line, Johnson, really. Yeah. And then Mike Johnson, whom I like very much, by the way, uh, as a person, we served together on judiciary. Mike Johnson worked with Democrats to avoid a government shutdown. The result was completely different. The vote was the same. The result was different. So whether it's border, whether it's FISA, I mean, you can't, I mean, to say work with Democrats, Republicans, I mean, it, it's like the South Side of Chicago. It's like a whole new crime show. When they go on the floor of the House, every, the, the next thing I hear, somebody else has filed an assault claim against someone. They can't even get along with one another. So the notion that they're going to start working with Democrats to do what's best for the country? Uh, no, that is not going to happen. Doesn't this then fuel the Democrats' argument that Republicans can't govern? Well, you don't even have to rely on Democrats to make that argument. Uh, Texas Congressman Chip Roy went on the floor of the House. You remember that? Went on the floor of the House and said, what have we done? Give me a single solitary accomplishment that we have done. I mean, that's a Democrat campaign ad given to you by a Republican congressman. You had eight Republican members of Congress that linked arms with Rashida Tlaib, Pramila Jayapal, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, eight Republicans linked arms with the Democrats to get rid of their own Republican speaker. So I don't I mean, some parties just aren't built for the majority. And for whatever reason, the current Republican conference just thinks it's going to thrive in the minority, because if they continue with what they've been doing, that is exactly where they're headed. What does this say then about the frustrations, maybe, of being speaker and more broadly of trying to get anything accomplished in Washington these days? Well, Patrick McCarthy, uh, 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 Patrick McHenry, rather, announced he's leaving. Uh, longtime guy, chairman of financial services. Uh, there will be others who leave also. It, it, it's, I mean, I was there eight years, a tremendous honor to represent folks that you grew up with, but it, it's frankly an overrated job on its best days. Right now, it is so dysfunctional. There is so much acrimony. 
you're going to have a really hard time. You may not have a hard time recruiting people to run, but you're going to have a hard time recruiting people that you actually want to represent you to run. And then when you get there and you're given last fall, yes, the numbers were a little bit underwhelming. They expected a red, red wave. They got like a red trickle, a red Kool-Aid mustache. So they got that, but it's still a gift to govern. You got a majority. They never set the right expectations. The expectations are we're going to stop bad things from happening. We can't control the Senate. We can't control the White House, but we are going to stop bad things from happening. But that's not what they say. They say they're going to do this and they're going to do that, all of which requires the Senate, all of which requires the president to sign it. So they set the wrong expectations, which gets the base mad, which then empowers eight people to go get rid of someone. And two months later, nothing has changed. The border is not more secure. The debt has not been reduced. We still don't have a spending plan. The the impeachment investigation, if that's what people are focused on, is no closer to fruition. You just have a new speaker and you have people that fundraise and became Instagram and social media stars. So that's what Congress has become. It's become a collection of Kardashians. Are we headed for more and more early retirements? Look, I'm old. There's a a young breed there. Most of my friends have already gone. The ones that I talk to on a regular basis, I cannot overstate how miserable it is. When you cannot even get along or trust people that allegedly wear the same jersey you do, then, then life is too short. It's already, you're one of 435, so it's, uh, you're not even like a senator. Senators actually have a little bit of juice. A single member of the House has no, no juice at all. You have to work with your colleagues. And when you are constantly being undercut, uh, leaked on, uh, and then with this you know, coup d'etat uh, in October, which I cannot stress to you the damage that did within the conference. To have eight people do what they did. And then it wasn't just Kevin. What happened to Jimmy Jordan and what happened to Tom Emmer and what happened to Stevie Scalise after that was a direct, natural, probable consequence of what the eight did to Kevin. So I'm sure Kevin will get a lot of questions about why he's leaving and why he's leaving before his term is up. I hope people will go back and ask the eight, what did you get for it? I mean, you you made a mockery of having a narrow majority. What 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 have you gotten for it? There's a lot of tension and concern about next year's presidential election. Um, what could or should candidates and lawmakers be doing, in your opinion, to try to help lower the heat? Well, the first thing quite candidly, and this is the surest sign that I'll never run for office again, because this is not going to be popular. We got to quit accepting it among our candidates. We got to quit wanting it. We got to quit accepting it. I mean, how many times do we hear the word fight? And then juxtapose that with the number of times we hear the word think. I mean, you want a thinker? You want a fighter? Is it possible to like think before you fight? Or is that Is that unlawful? Is that like a crime? There is anger among the electorate. And so Congress does not lead. Congress reacts. 
Congress reflects. So when people in Congress see that that's what the voters want, they want, you know, social media fights. They want what's called owning the libs or owning the conservatives on the other side. It's true on both sides. Then that's what they're going to get more of. When will it stop? It will stop when the voters say, you know what? I have a little more respect for my country and myself than to reward this. Contrast is great. Give me all the contrast you can possibly give me. We have two very, very different political parties. Give me all the contrast I can possibly stomach. But not this nonsensical conflict that is designed just to monetize fear and anger. McCarthy actually says he'll he'll keep fighting. He's leaving the House, but we'll keep fighting. Um, but that he'll serve in, in new ways. What could that mean for him? Kevin will, you know, look, I confess up front, uh, bias. He is one of the more affable, personable, humble. You know, the trappings of office never got to Kevin. Uh, he enjoyed them because he actually, like, loved sharing them with other people. He didn't want a security detail. A security detail was a nuisance to Kevin. But it did enable him to give people who would never be able to have a ride someplace with the majority leader or the whip or the speaker to ride in his SUV with him. And I saw him do it countless times. I don't mean famous people. I mean people that were visiting his office. So Kevin has the one skill that you have to have to be successful in life. He understands people. He relates to people. He's likable. He's going to be fabulously successful. I, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, I, I would imagine there's a market for people that want to know what's going to happen next fall. They're going to want to know what's going to happen in this district. And between these two candidates, who should we back? I, I imagine, I would also imagine, although Kevin is not one for revenge, he, he just, he has a really short memory, really short memory. But if you accept that what those eight did didn't just hurt him, hurt the party and the conference and therefore the country, it would not surprise me if um, they may win. They may win re-election. They may win overwhelmingly. But it would not surprise me if life were made a little bit more difficult because of what they decided to do when they linked arms with Ilhan Omar and AOC. Given the divisions in the party and in the country, um, are you seeing or hearing anything that gives you any hope about where the country is headed? Sure, it's better than North Korea. I mean, it, it, it's look, I'd rather have our problems than anybody else's problems in the world. It's the greatest place. And we won the lottery when we were born here or, or came here or live here or work here. I'd rather have our problems than anybody else's problems in the world. But we cannot gloss over the current political environment, which is awful. And it is causing good people to not want to run for office. And it is attracting, uh, I would argue, uh, personalities that are not in the best interest long term of our country to that line of work. And it gets rid of people um, that 
there's not a person listening right here, whether you like Kevin McCarthy as a congressman or not, there's not a person listening that would not be absolutely ecstatic to have him as a next door neighbor or a coworker or coaching his their kids or grandkids sports team. And yet he's gone. He's run off. McHenry's gone. He's run off. John Radcliffe, gone. There are other there are others to come. So we gotta we gotta figure out what is broken about our political environment and then fix that. But no, I I have more, I mean, hope. A lot a lack of hope is living in a country where you don't get to say what I just said. You don't get to criticize your leaders. You don't get to vote. You don't get to participate. You don't get to run for office. Tim Scott almost flunked out of high school and was able to run to be the president of the United States. That doesn't happen. Where else does that happen? So there are a lot of reasons for hope, but we cannot be naive. We have a lot of challenges with our politics. There's a reason that people think our country is headed in the wrong direction, and it's not their neighbors. It's not their coworkers. It's their leaders. Their leaders react. Their leaders reflect. They reflect the worst elements of our political culture. And until that changes, then I will probably remain my skeptical skeptical self as opposed to the hopeful self my wife wants me to become. Former South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy, host of the Trey Gowdy podcast and Sunday Night in America. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.